This is episode 46 of the Travel Podcast. Welcome to the Travel Podcast. I'm Matthew, and on this episode, my guests are Ben, Paula, and Scott. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Matt. So we all went on a brilliant group ski trip out to British Columbia. We did it slightly different. We um, included two ski destinations and also a city break in the middle. So we're going to take you on our journey and our recommendations um, of what we experienced skiing for first time skiers, for what the experience was like for non-skiers and also um, those who are doing lessons and activities that you could do outside of that and obviously what activities we also did um in our city break starting off we all we all met up um at heathrow we had an early flight so we actually all stayed the night before which was good because we all got to have a good social and as um as you'll get to know throughout this uh ben pauler and scott and myself do not mind a good social um so we yeah we all met together and then after spending the night in the hotel we we're heading out to Sun Peaks from Heathrow, so we flew into Vancouver. Uh, once we were in Vancouver, we went through customs and uh, went to an internal flight and got on to what can only be described as the shortest and most entertaining flight I've ever been on. And um, Paula and Scott and Ben, if you wanted to allude a little bit more. I know, Paula, you're not really a big fan of flying that much anyway, are you? No, so I am definitely not a fan of flying, but I do it because it's part of my life and my job and I love the destinations I go to. However, when we saw this little plane that we was going to get on and I'd been split up from my husband, so I was sitting at the back of the plane next to a very nice lady who was telling me that the flight is sometimes a little bit turbulent because you go through the wind tunnel of the mountains and then you go over the lake and she said, it's all pretty, you know, it's fine that that's what happens. Well, as we got up in the sky, that was great. Yeah, we did start to bounce around a bit, but then we started to get hit by the turbulence and the plane started to bounce. And I think it must have been about eight or nine times I actually nearly came out my seat through the 35, well, it was supposed to be a 35-minute flight, but I think we were in the sky for quite a bit longer than that. But when you're sitting there and the people behind you are actually throwing up, the people in front of you are throwing up, and the lady who's done this trip so many times is as pale as a sheet and is going, this has never happened to me before. It, it just put a whole new light on the experience. And the very fact that when we landed, the, the gentleman that was picking us up was, has said that he'd actually watched us being tossed around in the sky. It actually made you realize that you weren't making a drama of it. It was one hell of an experience. The thing I found really entertaining about it was, well, up until that point, I thought I'd been on turbulent flights before. But it turned out I hadn't. It turned out I'd been on some bumpy flights before. But that was the first time, like Paula said, that I put on a seatbelt on an aeroplane and the seatbelt's done its job. Because <laughs> there's multiple times that seatbelt was the only thing that kept us in the seat. I, I love flying. I found it quite entertaining. I thought it was good fun until the last kind of 15 minutes when, you know, we're like looking around for like a third attempt at a landing. Um, yeah, it got a wee bit ropey at that point. But, you know, we got there. It's all good. Ben, your experience of that flight? No, I'm, I'm very similar to Scott, really. You know, I, I, I enjoy flying. I quite enjoy flying. And um, I was the same. It was, it was sort of, it was a little bit fun up until the point where the plane sort of seemed to jump up a little bit and then jolt downwards. And and Scott was right, your seatbelt did its job because I think if you didn't have your seatbelt on, you'd have been out, you'd have been 
in the middle of the aisle or on someone else's knee or some. But but you know, we, we, when when we when we landed and everything, you could see the the funny side of it. And you know, once you were actually off the plane, it was a yeah, but um, bit of a frightening frightening point um, towards the end. But yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I did enjoy it. Can I just reassure the listeners though that in real terms, the lady that I was sitting next to does that flight three times a week, and she has never ever in the two years that she'd been flying that route ever had a flight like what we had that day so it's not although it is generally quite a little bit of a more turbulent in the small plane it's not to the degree that we actually experienced that day we were yeah, definitely no, lucky yeah we were we're they knew we liked a bit of uh, entertainment and a bit of a thrill so uh they put it on for us but you know like paula said it's it i also sat next to someone who does that trip um a commute every day and they're like yeah it's, it's not normally this bad um, it's just that we went into a bit of a storm and with the mountains and the environment around makes it a bit a bit jolty uh, or a very jolty as pretty much all of us came. I also actually, I think at some point was zero gravity out of my seat and the seatbelt kept me uh, where I was meant to be. So I was very happy about it. But then obviously after that, don't let that put you off. It, it is only normally a short 35 minute, um, 45 minute flight. So it is a great way to be able to get up to, to some peaks, which is on the, in the interior part of uh, British Columbia um, on the western coast of Canada. And um, again, the journey from the airport then was only about an hour and a half uh, up into the resort, which I mean, I've, I love my skiing. Um, I've skied with Ben uh, quite a few times in Europe. Um, we, we do like a big annual group trip. And um, I would say that this was, from my experience of skiing in North America, was the closest of a resort that resembles that picturesque European Austrian town um, and coming up and the, the snow over the buildings and how pretty it was at night coming into. And I, I know that Scott's also skied um, in the past, but Paul, I think this was you, you've been you've been out to a ski resort before, but this was your proper first time. And your 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 partner, your husband who came with us, was his first time skiing. What was his sort of reaction to seeing that resort? He was absolutely blown away. I don't think that you could have probably taken him to a more beautiful place to, you know, and really spoiled him, I guess, because going there and for the first time to actually have that whole picture. And I think also because it's such a small resort um, and it is literally ski and ski out wherever you go. And of course, seeing the skiers in the morning going down uh, through the village, I mean, that that was just incredible. And because the gondolas are so close, everything is so near, it's just the perfect place for families, for people who are learning to ski. And then, of course, when you go further up and you see those double diamonds, black, um, uh, which I believe some of you did do, um, I think, it, you know, it, it just, just proved just what an incredible little um, place it is. Um, for people to go to. Yeah, I think Paula really hit the nail on the head with the size of the resort because it is quite a small resort. However, there are loads of runs across a couple of mountains. So even if it's really busy, and we were speaking to a lot of people in, in some of the other destinations who, who kind of agreed, even if it's really busy, you're, you're not even queuing for the lifts. You know, you come down, you get down the bottom and you're right back on the lift again, back up you go, choose your run down so you're constantly skiing it's like minimal time wasted queuing for a ski yeah. lift or, or any of the buttons or anything so from that point of view I was totally blown away by it because we felt some of the runs that we were coming down you felt you were on your own you know you'd be coming down in your little group and you wouldn't pass anyone no one would pass you 
you had the slopes, you know, freshly groomed every morning. You were still going up at lunchtime and, and going over freshly groomed snow. So from that point of view, as someone who hadn't skied in a while, trying to get back into it, it was just fantastic. Uh, beautiful, beautiful slopes and, and a beautiful little resort. And I think as well for first-time skiers, sorry, sorry, Ben, uh, the first-time skiers is you don't have to go up in gondolas, you don't have to go high up. You're not away from sort of everything that's going on. Whereas in Sun Peaks, because it is so small, you're actually, when you're learning, which I was obviously a beginner and I was doing the lessons, we were a part of everything else that was going on. You didn't feel like you were kind of removed into a separate sort of place to go and learn, in, in which I found out obviously from doing a couple of other resorts, we, um, you tend to be moved away. This you were sort of a part of the whole thing. Yeah, no, I was just going to echo what the guys were saying there, really, in terms of um, it is it was a beautiful resort, but very very small, and especially in terms of of you know BC or Canada, if you like, it was quite a smallish resort. But when you compare it to sort of skiing in Europe, if, if anyone listening skied in Europe and you you know how busy that can be, how long the queues can be for the lifts, things like that, this was just totally different. And I think Scott mentioned that before. Even at their busy times, you don't have to queue. You know, it's it's just that was the that was the big thing for me. And in the resorts, everything's quite close together as well. So it's very easy when you when you arrive to go and um, you know two two minutes around the corner from our hotel to go and pick our our skis and our boots up. Um, and then you, you you're straight out on the slopes. But um, as I say, for people who haven't skied in Canada or or, or BC, you just don't you just don't realise the difference compared to skiing in Europe of how wide the slopes are, how empty they are, um, and how nice the snow is. The snow seems to be seems to be different. Um, I don't know; it's difficult to sort of explain it, but the snow seems different um, than in Europe. I totally agree with with this snow. It's it's that champagne champagne snow, uh, where it is a it is in a um, almost like a desert uh, that part of uh, British Columbia. Um, there's no real moisture in the air, so the snow when you go through it, it just oh, it's like uh, it's oh, it's just immense. It's just immense. That's, it's actually, like that's actually a top tip, isn't it? When you're if you're yeah. going Sun Peaks, is take chapstick because it, it really yeah. is dry. Yeah. <laughs> it does yeah. dry your lips yeah. out. Right. And to drink a lot of water because you do get dehydrated um, along with other drinks that you're having. Um, And obviously, again, talk about the the resort itself is what I mentioned is that that, that almost sugar coated uh, rooftops where I learned um, when we're out there, they actually is part of the design of the village. Um, they have to, within their coding, um, they've got these spikes which go on the roof, which keeps the snow on. So you have that beautiful picturesque um, alpine look, but also the, it's to keep the, the buildings very uh, very warm in the winter because it's got that, that, that sheet that, you know, it's probably got about three or four foot of snow on it when we were there. Um, so it keeps it very insulated, which was a great thing to learn. But that's obviously off topic of our ski trip. Um, go back to the skiing, which is the most important thing. You can, uh, the resort is, like Paula said, a resort of skiing, ski out. So you can even actually ski through the middle. So um, the village has, it is all snow through the, the walkways. So you can put your skis on, even if your hotel doesn't actually um or is not attached to the ski slope, which uh, where we were staying was. You could ski straight into it and ski straight out. You can ski down to your hotel in the morning. You could then ski through the village down to the slopes. So um, it was very accessible for being able to get out. And again, very small from that point. 
And another uh, important factor that yeah. we've, we've yet to mention, which I think is very important, is the really good apri options for being <laughs> such a small village. There was some really good bars, you know, at the bottom of the slope, so you could just ski right into it at lunchtime or at 11 o'clock or at 3 o'clock or at 4 o'clock and just go for a beer. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. And the atmosphere in them was great and people were, you know, all really friendly and just mixing and good choice of kind of beers to local beers to choose from and it was I was really quite impressed for it being such a small place that there was really good bars and restaurants all sorts throughout the little village and, and talk about because obviously I think it's great I know Ben you mentioned when we were out there you're going to look to go back with your family because it is such an amazing quiet town especially for those who are looking either to learn or taking children out because it's again the the, the piece are so wide and open um, I know the Scott and Paula you both did ski lessons so how how is that experience when you're out there well i did them as a complete sorry scott no you go paula i did them as a complete beginner so for me um the lady that i had she was really really good she there was only four of us in the group um and the patience that she had especially with me because i'm not the best coordinated person in the world um but she she really kind of worked with everybody individually so people who were um, more advanced than potentially what I became. Um, she worked with them really well, um, and she, you know, didn't take me at my pace, which which was absolutely great. So I could definitely recommend it, especially if you're an older beginner. It, it's a good place to um, to go. Yeah, and even from my point of view as well, because I was I was was a pretty decent skier, but we're talking like almost twenty years ago. So when I went, I was quite fortunate at my level. It was really just me. And after going down a couple of times, it kind of was like, a bit like riding a bike. So I was really fortunate. It just came back to me really quickly. So for the rest of the, the time allotted for the lesson, pretty much had their own private tour guide. <laughs> so he would just take us up some of the runs, some of the really good runs and take us down and, you know, giving little hints and tips along the way. Really friendly group, the, the instructors as well, as I think most tend to be. Um, but these guys were really nice chatting away and... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. No, I think that's that's key as well. Like you're saying, it's the small groups and and they do it slightly different to to those in Europe. It is very small and normally longer lessons. Um, ben and I didn't do lessons, but we were very fortunate that um, we had uh, some of the some peaks resorts tourism boards actually took us out and showed us around the mountains. So there are three three main mountains. You got Todd, Sundance, and Morrissey. Um, and we got to see all three from the first day and really experience how how different different they are, and how, which I was actually quite impressed about. Ben, I don't know if, how you felt, of, of, but we mentioned how vast it, the range was for such a small feeling resort. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it was really vast, but also the the variety of runs within within it all as well. You know, is the, the, the variety was amazing. But just going back a little bit, just to the guys saying about the lessons. That's why I. That was one of the big reasons I said I want to take my bring my family back to to some peaks. Um, we've got a three year old and a one year old. Obviously, one year old's too young to to learn now. But certainly this this coming this next season, we want to get the three year old learning, and that would just be the perfect opportunity just because of how quiet it was and how small the groups were. So you know, I think it's ideal. You know, it's obviously perfect for people who are advanced skiers as well, but. We just thought it would just be perfect. Obviously, my my partner Tony, we both ski anyway, so we both said, you know, she was saying, yeah, definitely, we want to bring bring the whole family. So it is it is amazing for families, but but yet the range the the, the, the range of of ski runs there was just was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe 
you know, all the variety from from one of them from from one mountain to over when we went over to the side. I think was it Morrissey over the other side, Morrissey. and it was just completely different to me. It was, um, yeah, it was amazing, amazing the, the, the variety really. And I think also one of the other things about Sun Peaks is the ski passes are not as exorbitant as some of the more popular areas. They they they're actually more cost effective. The ski lessons as well. Um, when when we went to look, because um, I went to go price up some private lessons for my husband. Once we he's done his morning group lesson, he was right into it and he wanted private lessons. So he then went. Uh, we went and um, organised some extra lessons. And again, the, the pricing when you look at sort of some of the other resorts for the ski passes and the lessons, it's it's really a well priced resort. And with there only being seven thousand beds in the resort itself. Even like when you were saying it doesn't get busy, it genuinely, even a capacity with the amount of slopes that they have and, um, you know, it it just doesn't get that mad rush of, of other places as we saw along our way. I like and I think it does a wide range as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, Matt. It caters for a really wide range of, of skiers, ski levels. If you want to go, um, what I would say is going back to the Apple ski, if you want to go and... You know, drink heavily all night, every night. That it's not probably not the resort for you because it's. Although there are some great apre options, it's not like a part A party town. Um, but the ski, the ski, the ski. You know, right the way from beginners, right the way through to advanced, and then you can go off piste. You know, off piste areas and things like that as well. So the levels of different, you know, terrain for skiers is is brilliant as well. And I think and something. Sorry, Paula. I think something that um, is also key because obviously, like you mentioned, Paula, you you did do some lessons. But you also took time off from skiing to go and explore the, the the village. There are things to do. There are a lot of experiences you can do away from it. So you could do snowshoeing, um, uh, you know, sledging and snowshoeing. Something that I like, highly, highly, re- yeah, snowmobile highly re- uh, recommends because we did it um, um, yeah, in the evening um, and went round to end up in a campfire having s'mores under the stars oh. and then as we were walking back in got to see the village at night and it was just stunning but there's uh, there are a lot of activities for non-skiers as well the, um gone. the snowshoeing really was great fun and and the the route the guy first of all i've never had a more enthusiastic guide for anything <laughs> the guy was really good he was just oh. he loved his job and he mm. loved the village you know he loved his hometown and it totally came across so the actual route he took us on, you know, it was like through the woods and through trees and down by like frozen rivers and up over the, the kind of what was the golf course in the summertime, which is under like 10 feet of snow at the moment, um, pointing out lots of little kind of, you know, things along the way, points of interest and stuff. So the snowshoeing itself was just great fun because it's one of those things you always see in the TV and movies and think, I'd love to give that a go. And, and it was, it was good fun. But the actual guide and the tour that we went on was great. Really, really recommend it. It was just something different, you know, two or three hours of an evening, get yourself some cider and some s'mores at the end of it. Happy days. Yeah, absolutely. Before before we move on to um, our little city break that we took in between the the two ski resorts, what were your favourite for each of you, starting off with Ben, what what would your highlights be and recommendations for some peaks? The the, the highlights for me, or the the thing I I loved about it the most was how quiet it was, just how how quiet and, um, excuse me, the, the range of runs as well, the range of runs, so, and the, the thing I would I would recommend is I think it's absolutely amazing and be perfect for families. It's it's the I I feel it's the ideal location for for families. Um, 
whether you're all skiers, whether there's just a couple of you who are skiers, um, whether you're beginner, you know, as I say, intermediate, advanced, um, it's just it's just how, how quiet it was, yeah, and, and perfect for families. And Paula? I think for me, um, the fact, again, that being not a big skier, I didn't feel left out of it all because the way it's set up, I could sit on a bench having a cup of coffee or a mulled wine, watching all the activities taking place um, on all the skiing coming down, walking through the village, enjoying sort of the whole ambience of it, the little shops to go and wander into and, and um, buy some knickknacks along the way. That They have a, a, a little spa there that you can have a quick massage and things, so very nice. The hotel with the um, pool on the on the roof, the hot tub on the roof. Again, just things that you can do and enjoy whilst if you don't want to ski all day. And then the extra family activities. The snow, the snow shooting was just absolutely incredible. It really was. And I think when you came around that corner and you looked down upon the village, it just made you realise just how magical the place is because it was just so beautiful with all the with all the lights on. Hey, Scott. Yeah, I would just echo a bit what the guys have said, really. You know, the, the skiing, uh, you know, if you're going there for a ski holiday, focusing on the skiing, or less on the apres, if you know what I mean, I, I couldn't think of a better place. Um, just the, the, the how quiet it is, how well kept, how well groomed all the runs are, absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, for, if you're concentrating on skiing, that's, that's the place to go. And my top tip would be the five-mile run from the top, which is one of the, the really good ones make sure and take the other way cut off halfway down because it's outstanding. It's a great run. That's my Friary's top tip. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone don't know, Scott's last name is Friary. So Friary's top tip. <laughs> Love it. Um, I, I would say that I would highly recommend I've skied, uh, I've been fortunate to ski a lot of places. Uh, I do think that as a, as a resort, the skiing is the snow is unbelievable um and the variety of the train you can go through the trees on morrissey get over um to todd and then it's completely different terrain and go into the back bowls um and experience that side of it as well and the snow conditions there in general every year is phenomenal um and lasts quite a long time so we went out in march so again the conditions were still brilliant even though it was sunny every day so it was it was great sunshine and amazing snow. So absolutely beautiful little uh, ski resort. And from there, we headed down into Vancouver. On this time, we didn't take our um, entertaining flight. We actually experienced the shuttle, which uh, what well, we took a minibus um, back. It was about four and a half, five hours with a little stop in, in, on the way. So obviously dependent upon traffic. And it gave us some completely different views. We went through Kamloops, which is at the main little area, which has... Three, uh, a couple of big rivers joining and in the summertime is a big salmon uh, fishing destination and then journeyed through the mountain ranges and then into Vancouver. So again, it was a, although it was a longish journey, the views were stunning. And then where we stayed um, in in Vancouver uh, downtown, which I, I absolutely love uh, Vancouver as a destination. We I think the hotel we stayed in, which was Rosedale on Robson, the position of it was unbelievable. We were just down the road from um, a lot of the sports arenas, quite right near BC Place. Um, so a great destination to be and be able to explore. This is my second time to Vancouver, so I've had experience of it. So I, what I'm going to do is. Um, speak with Scott, Ben, and Paul on their experiences because it's. Uh, I think for all of you, it was your your first time, or maybe mistaken. Yeah, no, um, 
I, yeah, my first time and um, the location of the hotel, I feel, couldn't have been better, really, um, just in terms of being central to everything. Um, I've just got to quickly, very quickly say on the, the journey, just on the journey back from, from Sun Peak, it was absolutely amazing, outstanding. Some of the views were just out of this world. But if you're a Rambo fan, then you've got... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got a Rambo tour. Yeah, you'd be a bit of it, Ben. <laughs> I our drive around Hope, and that's where Rambo First Blood is filmed. Um, so if you are a Rambo fan, you've got to do that journey by by coach or by car and stop in Hope and have a little look around Hope because that, that's where it was all filmed. So that was just a little little tip on that. But, but yeah, yeah. I didn't get that and experience, unfortunately. No, I'm going to say, unfortunately <laughs> for us, we had a Rocky Mountaineer train driver in the in the, in the the winter, uh, sorry, in the summer, and then in the winter, he's a, he's a coach driver. So we got the express route. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was still fabulous. We it was still fantastic. We enjoyed every minute. Yeah, but um, Vancouver though it's amazing. You, you're right. My my first time there, and it's it's an amazing city. There's so much so much to do. Um, you know, there's lots of like touristy type activities. You can do fly over Canada, all them types of things. And we took in an ice hockey game as well, which is which is a big recommendation. I'd recommend definitely if you've not done an ice hockey game before, regardless of where you go in Canada. Really, but, but go and see an ice hockey game it's just absolutely brilliant seeing that live totally different experience to any of the sort of sporting events if you like you get in the UK um, so so that that would be a big recommendation for me to, to take that in yeah the Scott yeah, will have I- your highlight so uh, yeah uh, with Ben on the hockey that was that was just good fun it was just something different um, we Lynn and I we love city breaks uh, and I just thought Vancouver was just a fantastic place from a tourist point of view, we took the trip out to was it is it Capilano Park with the yeah. suspension Capilano, bridges? Is that yeah, the suspension um, bridge. Yeah. yeah, that was a fantastic day. Um, basically, like a forest walk, lots of bridges between trees and kind of glass bottomed bridges over coming out over the side of cliffs, looking down. Um, just a really nice little area. Great place for the family. Great place. They, they do lots there for kids. Lots of like um, park rangers explaining about all the wildlife and the trees, etc. Um, just a really nice little bit, of, you know, for for kind of half a day, a day away, just outside, not far, about twenty minutes, I think it was, on on yeah. that bus outside the city. Um, great, great experience, really good. Enjoyed that a lot. And Paula, I know you wanted a lot. Don't forget, and don't don't forget to to if you've got the family, and especially like someone like myself, they they give you a brochure to take around with you. You get it stamped along the way, and then you can get a nice little certificate at the end. From we went um, to Capilano uh, Suspension Bridge, and then we took um, a journey down to North um, Vancouver. And we went into a really lovely little market there by the sea bus terminal, and we had some lunch. It was. Um, all very fresh, um, and it was lovely. And then we took the sea bus um, across from uh, North Vancouver, which brought us back into um, the sort of main waterfront of uh, uh, the Vancouver city. It was just so lovely to just go and see the other side, and kind of coming across on the on the on the sea bus. That was excellent. And then my husband forced me to go on the seaplane um, after our obviously. Our trip a few days earlier on the um, other plane, I was very reluctant, but I decided that, you know what, I survived that, so let's hope I can survive this. And I'll tell you something now, the seaplane was probably the most incredible experience of my life. 
It was a 20-minute trip that we did flying over Vancouver and just seeing the beauty of it um, because you get to see the top of Grouse Mountain and you, you fly over uh, and you go sort of right around sort of the um, outside, you go over see some little island and, it, and then you come and you fly over the city itself and it's absolutely incredible. Uh, really, really worth the money. Um, very, very professionally done um, and I would definitely say it's definitely something to put on your list when you go to Vancouver because it's definitely worth it. Do you know, just when Paul uh, mentioned there about flying over and looking at Grouse Mountain, that's another point mm-hmm. to add. We, we went up there one evening, the group of us um, took the big cable car right up to the top of Grouse Mountain, had some yeah. dinner, views over the city at night were, were fantastic. But what I didn't appreciate before we went is that there's actual ski resort at the top of Grouse Mountain, which is completely floodlit and does nighttime skiing. So mm-hmm. if even if you wanted a city break, but still wanted to get some skiing in, then there's lots of opportunities in and around Vancouver to do that and at, in the evening as well, which looked really good fun. I think it's quite popular with the locals. A lot of after work, you know, finish a shift at five o'clock, jump in the car, head up for a couple of hours on the slope. So it was nice to see that all floodlit. Everyone could have skiing down. And then, as I say, we had a really nice meal with amazing views just looking out over Vancouver really worth the, the trip up there. I think there's kind of, I think there's like a bear sanctuary at the top as well, if I remember yeah, right. They were yeah. all hibernating yeah, maybe, were yeah. they? So again, we went up at night time and again, the views over Vancouver uh, was stunning <laughs> um, and that for our dinner, but you can actually go and have breakfast if you go in the summer or spring where, whilst the bears are out and have breakfast with the bears. Um, obviously, not actually, but you can, uh, it overlooks their, their pen uh, and it's a, it's not small. It's, uh, they're orphan bears. It's, um, so they, they, they were found and they've been looked after um ever since so that was gonna say that i was gonna mention that as well so that was a massive highlight um going up there mm-hmm. but i'd also say just uh, more of my favorite things about going to vancouver is just walking around um there's so many different areas you've got gas town which is brilliant uh granville island which is like a little market island ben and i we uh got ourselves and ben's partner um we had to walk around uh, vancouver and then ended up getting on a little um little boat taxi over to Granville Island but we also walked past this uh, huge chandelier which is underneath a bridge uh, which um, yeah I mean it's it's interesting I'm not sure whether uh, I don't think it's the best of uh, artistic um, developments but it's worth going to find it um, but yeah we got over to Granville Island which is a great little marketplace and exploring so, so many different foods type uh, there's a brewery on there um, there's lots lots to do and I think being able to walk around the market and just try the different foods and pick up bits it shows the diversity of, of Vancouver itself which is a very diverse um, city and so definitely worth checking out Granville Island um, and then yeah I really enjoy Gastown um, but area of of vancouver some amazing little restaurants and and um bars there but i think it's one of the places you have to go to when you're talking about city break and walk like highly recommend walking around vancouver yeah and stanley park go on beth sorry no 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 saying you know you've got to don't try and get taxis here and everywhere get out and just walk to experience it all definitely um and I've just got to echo that was one of the things I was going to bring up actually Granville Island. I absolutely loved that. It was it was brilliant. Just all the little 
independent food um, outlets within the market. I, you know, I love them types of things anyway, but that was just, that was a bit of a highlight for me of Vancouver. So, yeah. And I think, um, obviously, Paul was going to mention one of the things we can't forget about mentioning, which is Stanley Park. But also, you don't have to walk. If you want to, there's lots of uh, bike rentals. So you can rent a bike and, and then... then hop on, hop off bus. And there's also a hop on, hop off bus, which is amazing as well. So you can go around... We- but- Definitely yeah. do stand, go around um, Stanley Park. I recommend that. And move, moving on. on. Sorry, Paula. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we did it on the Hop On Hop Off bus, which was absolutely incredible because we, we got on and then we stopped at the aquarium. And um, we then, so after we'd been on the seaplane, we got on the Hop On Hop Off bus, which was right where, where the seaplane was. And then we went to, we stopped off at the first stop, which was P7, where we went to the aquarium. And we went for a walk around the aquarium, which was absolutely lovely. Um, watching the penguins and it was just and we got to see a 4D show about uh, rebuilding the reef and the coral it was just absolutely incredible that there was lots of young families there there was teenagers there everybody was just it was perfect family place then we hopped back on the hop on hop off bus and we went around um, Stanley Park and then we came to the tea house at um, English Bay wow I was looking for a sandwich. I was hungry. And let me tell you, I did not get a sandwich. I got the most beautiful salmon. Looking over English Bay and the view, I tell you, it's it's one of the places in my heart that talking to you now puts a smile right back on my face. It was absolutely lovely. Completely unexpected because it, I just thought I was going sort of more to a, a tea garden sort of thing, but it was absolutely incredible. Um, most most definitely would recommend that. And I know we've got to we've got another destination we have to visit uh, before we we've, we've we run out of time on on the episode today. So our third point and our final stop was Whistler. So after having a wonderful weekend in Vancouver, exploring um, some amazing food and neighbourhoods uh, and experiences with sport, we did a transfer up, which is about an hour and a half to two hours depending upon traffic from Vancouver up to Whistler. Um, and Whistler is very different to some peaks uh it's a it's held the olympics it's very the resort is a lot bigger um there are some skiing ski out resorts but not as many as as sun peaks it's it's more of a a destination in itself uh, or a resort within itself whistler it's, it has something for everyone and i mean that's something that i've really got highlighted it does have something for everyone whether you're a non-skier or a skier the food is unbelievable up there the, the variety of foods in in Whistler is some of the best, even if you go to some of the cities. Uh, but we're here to talk about the skiing. And when we arrived, uh, we actually went out and did some zip lining through the mountains. So I know Scott and Ben loved that. So I'm going to let uh, Scott and Ben talk about the zip lining. So uh, Scott, if you want to go first and talk about the experience of the zip line. Zip lining was such good fun. I, I, I wasn't really quite sure what to expect. And then, you know, when we got there, I thought it was just a zip line we were doing. I thought we were going to head up into the mountains, you hook on, go across a valley, and that's you done. But it wasn't that at all. I think overall you were doing six different ones right through the kind of trees crisscrossing big gorges and things like that, each one getting steadily bigger and bigger and higher off the ground. So I think the first one was maybe like 100 metres long and that was just you getting your bearings and clipping on and, and off you go. And then, as I say, they got longer and longer and bigger and higher off the ground and you could hear the screams getting louder and louder off of everyone. They were just great fun. You go really fast, flying down, you know, hooked on to the cable, jump off the ledge, off you go, 
flying through the trees. Brilliant fun. And then at the end, the, the last one wasn't a very big one, but you get the option to go upside down on it if you want, if you're brave enough, which I think I, I was. I, I can't remember if Ben was. Um, I think maybe he did accidentally. But yeah, it was great fun. The whole thing was just a really good experience um, to kind of kick off your, your time in, in Whistler. So obviously you're going to Whistler, you're going there for the skiing, but there's so much other stuff in and around that place to do. Um, you know, as a couple, as a family, just so much to do. And it, it's one of those things where it would it, it would do you well to plan it before you went, get online, have a look at what is available and get stuff booked up before you go. Because I think it's one of those things, if you left it until you got there, the choice would just hit you in the face and you wouldn't know what to do or where to book. And you would you would spend, waste two or three hours of your day just trying to figure out what, what we should do. So I think, yeah, definitely have a wee look before you go about everything that's available. Uh, or talk to your local travel professional and they can help you out <laughs> but, help, but yeah get get a plan in place before you go for sure because there's just so much to do and, and if you've got it all organised before you go it saves you wasting time once you get there yeah I've got to definitely got to agree with Scott on that yeah I did go upside down by the way thank you <laughs> <laughs> definitely got to agree with Scott there is a lot to do there so plan ahead plan ahead it will it will we make the trips that much better. But the zipline was amazing. I've um, excuse me, I've ziplined in a few different places around, you know, Saint Lucia, um, Mexico, um, the Lake District, a few different places. But this was just it, just the views and and going out across them gorges. It was um, yeah, it was stunning, stunning. Definitely a recommendation when if you go to Whistler, definitely. And I think highlighting the experiences of what there is to do. I know the Paula and Scott and some of the rest of the group. They all, you also went snowmobiling. Um, so we'll talk about that. I know Paula's got a great story about that uh, snowmobiling. So before I go on to what I think was probably one of the highlights of the trip, um, Paula, t- talk to us about your snowmobiling experience. Uh, obviously, it was a great time. I know. My advice potentially would be is be careful who you go snowmobiling with because sometimes people in your group may not have as much control as their snowmobiles as you may like them to have. Um, no, it's absolutely probably one of the most incredible experiences that you could have. Um, the only thing I would say you have to remember is is that they are very, very powerful um, and you need to make sure that you listen to the guides very carefully and you can have the most incredible experience whilst doing it. And when you go up and you can race across the, the ice on frozen uh, lakes, it, it's just absolutely incredible. It truly is. And, of course, the scenery um, whilst you're going on the, the snowmobiles is, is absolutely it's just out of this world. It's just, it's better than the movies. It's better than the pictures. It's just such an experience. They, they actually, they took us on, on our route up to the, the top of one of the mountains and there's actually a little cabin there and you can book to have your dinner up there as part of the experience. So you go on a snowmobile right through the hill, way, way up this steep mountain, zigzagging all the way up, get to this cabin, get yourself a personal chef comes in, cooks you some steaks for your group and then back down again at the end of it and as a kind of sunset and so little things like that you know great experiences absolutely things that you'll you'll remember forever I agree with what you said Scott with the likes of Whistler it is the fact that if you are going as a family if you've got people who are non-skiers as Whistler I would say is probably one of the best resorts in the world um for a mixed group, especially with non-skiers there's so much to do whether it's um, I know you went to the Scan- Scandi Spa Pooler uh, yeah. which is a very relaxing, quiet place, which Paula found very hard because uh, she, as you know, she had a chat. Excuse I'm joking, me, I never got into trouble there. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Uh, there's lots of spas. You know, you go to the Four Seasons spas. Uh, you can go out snowmobiling, snowshoeing. And one of the things that I really liked, which is an even activity, and was something that was uh, quite new this year, and I'll mispronounce it, but was the the light display. Um, so we actually, in one evening, went out to uh, the to a forest where there was a story through um, a forest walk, which is all displayed by lights, sounds, and illustrations made within the trees. And it was one of the best. I, I thought it was going to be, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was going to be oh, going to be a bit basic. Um, but uh, I was blown away with how they put it together. And uh, I'll ask you guys how you felt of it while I find um, how to pronounce the, the name correctly. I loved it. I, I thought I, I was similar to you, Matt, to be honest. I thought, yeah, like display in the woods, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a few like little things lit up, you know, a few trees? But it was some of the effects that they had there were just amazing. Um, you were walking through bits of the forest that were all lit up, like, like it was almost like sparkling across the whole the whole of the forest. And the fact that you do, you know, you're walking through like the, the, the trees, the forest, the snow, it's all lit up. You've got these, um, as you say, illustrations, all amazing effects, all lit up. I, I loved it. I, I really did. I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant experience. Do you know the bit that blew your mind a little bit was they had like holograms in the woods yeah. who were like singing a song and stuff, but it was, I don't know how they'd done it. I don't know if they were projecting onto like glass or something. I don't know, but it just looked like people made up of light standing in the middle of the forest it was just the most incredible thing really really cool there was a story to it as well so you when you're going through there's a whole journey and it's a uh, uh, valia luminar it is i still don't um, think you pronounced that right no i probably haven't but it's, 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 it's good enough um but it is unbelievable and i highly recommend it you know wrap up warm when you go out there in the evening but i was blown away like i was i, I was expecting it to be oh, a couple of lights in the forest brilliant but yeah un, un, unreal but Going back to Whistler and what we're, most people will be going to Whistler for in, in the winter is the skiing. And um, my my top tip is you got to do, even if you're not skiing, you can get up to the top of the mountain and you can do the peak-to-peak yeah. -peak gondola. So there's two mountains in, in Whistler. There's Blackcomb and Whistler. So it goes between the two. Um, so you've got the view across the valley and across the rest of the mountain ranges. So it's unbelievable. So highly recommend, even if you're not skiing. The, the longest one, in, I think it's the longest one in the world, isn't it? The longest unsupported. Yeah. Unsupported, cable yeah. Car, two point something miles, I think it was, if I remember right, from all the facts on the inside of the, of the little if you cabin. Go, you go in the summer, with the zip line that we did, you, there is one um, which goes from pretty much the top of that, gondola all the way down across the valley and is like a I think it's like two kilometers so if you're an adrenaline junkie go in the summertime but yeah i guess i won't be worrying about that then <laughs> no, no, but again, I'll, I'll go back to the spa i'll be happy back at the spa and uh, ben i uh, ben scott and i will be definitely skiing and i think the two mountains of again are very different but the range is so big we get we didn't get to ski at all in, in the days we were there what did we boys no 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 it was just um i mean we were there for a couple of a couple of days skiing um you couldn't even fit it all in you know the the, the ranges are that big you couldn't fit the, it all in and and again it's obviously when you get to Whistler after being to some peaks, it's big, it's bigger, it's louder, you know, it's a big, big resort. Um, but 
but it was still, you know, it still amazed and still loved it. And even when you were out on the slopes, it still wasn't busy by European standards. You know, there was a little bit of a queue in the, at the gondola in the morning getting up, but um, but it wasn't long. You know, you weren't you weren't there for a very long time. And when you're up up on the slopes again, they're so wide, so open. It was just I just can't explain the difference between skiing in Canada and uh, you know to Europe in terms of how quiet the slopes are, even in a big busy resort like Whistler. Um, and the other thing as well, um, there's accommodation for everyone as well. So there's different levels of com- accommodation for everyone in Whistler. So you know I know you said at the start, Mass it does cater for everyone. It really does. It really does cater for everyone. Families, you know, groups of friends, couples non-skiers, beginner skiers, immediate, advanced, you know, it's, it, it, does, it does really cater for everyone. Do you know, that's the thing that surprised me a little bit, because in Sun Peaks, when you were speaking to people and saying, oh, yeah, we're heading off to Whistler in a few days, they were like, oh, expect the queues, it's not like it is here, you're going to be waiting. But it really wasn't, and I don't know if that's because we went in, in March which is maybe getting towards the end of the the season a little bit, but we didn't really wait much longer. Like Ben says, in the morning, maybe there'll be five-minute wait to get up in the the initial gondola, but but after that, you were pretty much skiing right down the slope and right in again and back up. So from that point of view, I thought it was fantastic. And and like the the guy said, the variety and just the how vast it is across all the mountains, the amount of slopes that there are, I think you could probably go for a week and maybe if you really tried to ski all the runs, you'd maybe just fit it in. Um, but definitely in comparison to Sun Peaks, a lot livelier resort for sure. Um, the, the bars were proper bouncing, you know, after time. Um, the evenings, it was the same. Um, I don't want to certainly paint a picture of us as a group, but we certainly had one or two evenings where, you know, things got messy in a good way. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, you know, as like the guy said, there's something for everyone there. There's loads of family activities and family places, but... You know, if you're a slightly younger crowd and you're looking for a bit of um, nighttime activity, then you, you'll probably find it there as well, I think. And I would highlight the fact that it is very family orientated as well. So it is, it, I think as a resort, like I mentioned earlier, it caters for everyone. So if you are a group that want to go out and really experience the map rate, you've got that. If you're a family and you want to go and um, you've got some brilliant restaurants, you've got some activities, if, some people are, if you don't want to ski all day, you've got some amazing skiing. You've got it is quiet. You won't be hearing the apparel of where you're staying in the hotel. It's all it's all away from everyone. It's so don't think that because it can have a lively evening that the resort is lively. It's completely not. That's not what Whistler wants. Um, and they make sure that it is their main focus is more of the families and people going out and enjoying enjoying it. So don't don't worry from that side of things. But I would say one of the really interesting things from the ski school point of view is unlike a lot of others where your ski school's at the bottom of the mountain, your first experience is to get onto a gondola and you go halfway up the mountain in Whistler and your ski school is, yeah. is halfway up. So again, that is, is very different to a lot of others and great experience for first-time skiers to be able to say, well, I've got on a gondola and I've gone up the mountain to ski is, is a great achievement in itself. Um, but again, the slopes there are your nursery slopes. So don't, don't don't be worried about that when you get on the gondola. But it's a great that's a great experience, I think, for first timers. I mean, I did that as well, not a first time skier because obviously I, I'd done a little bit in uh, Sun Peaks, and it was nice. But the one thing I did love about Sun Peaks is that you felt you were more as a, a beginner skier. You were more you had you felt more a part of everything that was going on. Whereas when you were um, at Whistler, you did go up in the gondola and. But if you saw bits going on, but you weren't as a part of it as much, you were just sort of with the beginners. 
So that was one thing. But again, with the with the hotels as well in 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 Worcester, you've got everything for anybody. You've got the five star real luxury hotels down to your more basic. Um, so you can you know make it as luxury as you want to, or as you know sort of on cheaper as you want to, which is really good because they do have that whole spectrum of, and they've got some beautiful hotels there. Just just to touch on this, the snow conditions again has amazing snowfall throughout the season um but it, i would relate it more to european style snow where it's a little bit wetter because it's closer to the coastline so you can get some days where it could be raining um and, and the lower part of the mountain could be a bit slushy but the upper part could be snowing and amazing so the conditions the snow will be there you know into march into towards the end of march and table will still be good but it's more relatable from the snow conditions um to europe where you, when the sun comes down, it gets a, might get cut up a little bit and a bit slushy compared to some peaks, which is that champagne dry powder, which is amazing. But both both resorts very different, but ski ranges unbelievable. Um, and what we're going to do there is and sort of wrap it up slightly. So highlights of Whistler for each you starting with Paula. I think the highlight for Whistler for me was the apres ski and the actual whole vibe that it actually had. Um, and sort of in the evenings, it was really vibey. Um, going to the spa was absolutely sensational. And again, I enjoyed learning and going to the ski school and learning a bit more skiing. So it just made me that much more confident. Yeah, ben? yeah so... Um Obviously, skiing was amazing, but um, a bit of a highlight was the other activities that there is going on in Whistler. So, um, as we touched on, absolutely loved the zip line and um, loved going to see the light show. I'm not going to try and pronounce the name because I'll get it completely wrong, but just them, them other activities that you could do were just amazing for me. So, skiing's amazing. That's what I went there for. I went to do the skiing. That's what I do. You know, I love me skiing, so that's what I went for, but... The other activities going on were, were, were a big, big highlight for me. Scott? Yeah, obviously the skiing, like the guys are saying. However, we, we were really lucky when we were there. We ate in about three different uh, hotel restaurants when we were there. And the food was fantastic. Like, really top-notch food. Uh, and, uh, you know, I like that in a place. I like my food. Uh, and I was blown away by just how good it was. So that was a, a nice wee highlight as well for, for Whistler, for sure. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, so, I mean, I absolutely love Whistler. I think as a whole, a lot of you mentioned, it's got a bit of everything for everyone. And I love it because I could go and do, I can ski during the day. I can have a relaxing evening. Another night I can go and enjoy some drinks, some music. Uh, there's always something going on. And if I want to, I can go and relax and do some snowmobiling or snowshoeing and those activities. So to have all of that in one resort, I think is what makes Whistler so good as a destination, uh, especially for anyone who's traveling as a mixed group. So I, I absolutely love, I absolutely loved it. And I know on this episode, we've covered three different uh, destinations in quite, uh, not as much detail as we normally would do in an episode, but obviously we're talking more about our journey. And it's the first time I've ever done a multi-center ski trip um, that also included a city break. So, I mean, I absolutely loved the experience and the diversity it gave within one holiday, the three different experiences and the destinations for me was such a highlight. Obviously, I had a great, uh, we were, we were, it's a great group of, of uh, fellow skiers and non-skiers that I was with, so it made it even better. But what I'd like to ask each of you is for your highlights of the experience of doing something, uh, a ski trip like that, and also 
what would be your recommend a, a, a top recommendation for each each destination that we visited. So I'll start with um, Scott. Loved the format of this trip. Uh, most of our personal holidays kind of revolve around city breaks anyway. I love I love going to new cities and experiencing and experiencing new cities. So to get to see a beautiful place like Vancouver and bookending it with two totally different yet equally fantastic ski resorts was great. And especially someone who's just got back into skiing, it was nice having a little break in the middle for your legs and your lower back to recuperate um, between all the skiing. So I, I think um, my next ski trip will probably be split a bit like that as well. Wherever it is we choose to go, um, I think we'll break it up a little bit because I just thought the format was fantastic. Um, highlights and Sun Peak, the highlight for Sun Peaks was just Sun Peaks itself. That resort is just amazing. The, 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 the vastness of it and the fact that you get it to yourself I think if you if you love your skiing uh, and you know you're wanting to to head out and just kind of be able to get as much in as you can without having to wait about whether you're you know a couple on your own or a family I think that really is the place to go. Vancouver, there's just so much. It's hard to pick one thing. Really did love Capilano though, as I mentioned earlier. That's the kind of park at the suspension bridge. That was that was just a nice little nice little bit of that. And then uh, Whistler, again, the scheme was fantastic, but I really loved the snowmobiling. I, I thought that was good fun. Was something a bit different. Um, the scenery from the top of the mountain was just something like I've never seen before. It was just unreal. It was like proper movie panorama from up there. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a nice touch. But to be honest, it, it was one of the, it was a top five holiday overall. It was just great scenery, great destinations, top company, couldn't really fault it. And Paula? I think for me, um, with Sun Peaks, I think being a beginner skier, the very fact that like the snowshoeing for me was just so incredible. And I think the fact that it's also for the beginning, um, when I was learning to ski in, in such a small resort, it, your confidence is so much better because you don't have the busyness of the slopes, which I then learned, obviously, in Whistler, how different that really was. Um, so for me, I think the snowshoeing was, was probably the highlight of um, of Sun Peaks for me. And just even walking through the village was absolutely just incredible during the day and watching people ski down absolutely um, to, to the gondolas was absolutely incredible. Uh, Vancouver, for me, Vancouver, I think the highlight would have been the seaplane, um, which I'm, I'm so, so glad I did. Um, but I think the diversity of, of Vancouver just it blows. People talk about it all the time. They talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's a world in a city and there's just so much. And you, you kind of get there. And as you go around, you actually just realize how incredible and how beautiful it actually really is. Um, so I think for me, I, I did love Stanley Park. That was definitely a highlight for me because as you went around and you had English Bay, um, which was, you know, the, the scenery was just so beautiful. And I did also enjoy Grass Mountain. I must be honest, I thought that was pretty beautiful. And again, the diversity there with the skiing and the floodlit ski lift. And then you're kind of sitting in this lovely restaurant looking out at Vancouver. So absolutely incredible. I think Whistler, um, and, I, and I think probably that's the thing, isn't it? We, we had three perfect cities to visit because you had Sun Peaks as your starter. You then went into this um, 
the bank, and then you ended up at Whistler, where it was so diverse. And I mean, it's ten times what it's the seventy thousand beds in Whistler versus the seven thousand in Sun Peaks. So the size is, you know, you can from from the amount of people there. But again, I think for me, I agree with the snowmobiling was the best experience for me because really just being out there on those powerful uh, machines going through the you know the snow and the scenery was just absolutely incredible. So I would definitely say that in Whistler snowmobiling. And also I do like a bit of a luxury hotel and seeing some of those really nice hotels has made me want to go back definitely um, to Whistler and um, experience some of the luxury there, definitely. I'm sure it does, uh, Lady Paula. And uh, so, Ben. <laughs> Lady Paula. Um, yeah, um, again, uh, well, similar to, to you, my first time I've ever done a, a ski trip in this sort of format. Um and I absolutely loved it. Um, loved the break up in the middle of Vancouver. I thought it worked really well because when you ski solidly for seven days or longer, it, it starts you know it starts to fatigue you a little bit. Loving that break. So, some peaks for me was 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 brilliant. I loved how quiet it was, but but the highlight of that was the snow. Just the the, the, the condition of the snow is just you just don't get that anywhere else. Um, certainly don't get it in Europe. So that was a big highlight. There was also a great little um, bar restaurant right in the right in the centre, and if you like your beer, some of the different beers they had in there were just were just brilliant. Um, I know every time we were stopping for a, a hot chocolate or a coffee, we ended up having one of these different beers, and it it, it was brilliant. So it was, <laughs> I loved that. Um, I absolutely loved the journey as well. Um, the, the, the flight initially getting into some peaks was hairy, as we said, but I loved that coach um, journey back. Just going up through the mountains and all that type of stuff. That was amazing as well. Vancouver, always love it. Always love a city break. Um, there was lots. We did lots in Vancouver. So, um, but I think Grouse Mountain and probably the Capilano Bridge were, were two of the, the, the. They were just brilliant, brilliant experiences that you know you, you can't really do anywhere else. I mean, the ice hockey was amazing, but you can do that in a lot of other destinations around Canada. So, Capilano Bridge for me and Grouse Mountain was amazing for Vancouver. Definitely get them in if you if you go there. Um, and then Whistler. Yeah, I I, I love Whistler. Um, we had a couple of really amazing nights out. So um, you know, as you say, you can do that if you want to. The après side of it was fantastic, but um, the skiing was brilliant again. You know, as we were saying, we went there for the skiing. But the other activities we did, I mean, I just loved the um, I loved the zipline and. But the highlight for me was was with the light show, the Valley Luminaire. Was it Valley Luminaire? If I said that right. Um, it's so different. Yeah. Lumineer. Yeah. Um, it was just so different. You know, I've never I've never seen anything like that before or done anything like that before. So that was yeah, that was just a big highlight for me for, for Whistler. But if I could just say, you know, what I would if I did that whole trip again, um, I think I would probably do five days some peaks. Three days Vancouver and then five days Whistler. That's how I would do it. If I, I know ours was slightly different to that, but that's how if I was going to do that trip again, which I would hundred percent do again, that's yeah. that's how I would do it. I hundred percent agree. Um, I love the the all aspects of it, but I would add on. Um, we did two days of skiing in each each destination. Um, so I'd definitely add on an extra two days, so four days of skiing, but five days there. And then um, the weekend again to break it up uh, in Vancouver. Highlights for me would be the snowshoeing and the s'mores. I think the campfire 
um, mm. in, in some peaks was unbelievable. The guy was unbelievably enthusiastic and would stop and tell you about nature and what goes on during the summer and the winter. So, I mean, that was just a great experience. And um, highlight for me, my top tip, get over to Morrissey in some peaks. The the tree line skiing is, is brilliant. Um, and if you've ever wanted to ski between trees but don't have the confidence to do it off piste on Morrissey, they have trees on the piste and they're quite close together. So even you know, even if you're just started to learn and you're confident enough to go out on um, some of the blues and the greens, you can still ski through the trees. So get yourself over to Morrissey, Vancouver. My highlight is it's a walk-in city. I love a, that. That to me makes Vancouver what it is. It's small enough you can walk around it all and experience it. Whistler. I would, I would say the highlight would be um, the light show as well, uh, something that I never would have imagined to be so good. Um, so that sort of took took my breath away and, and really did. I thought I was going to walk through this as quickly as possible, but I think I was the last, last one in, last one out um, of our group. So absolutely loved that. And yeah, I think, again, as Scott mentioned, the group also always helps. So when you're doing something like that, I would say 100% I'd do it again, but I would extend um, my ski time in, in each destination. And what we will have on the travelpodcast.com on the episode page, you'll be able to find photos of us enjoying all three destinations. And also um, we'll have some links to the resorts, um, some of the attractions we did. And also you'll get to see a lovely photo of Ben, Paula and Scott. So I'd love to say thank you to Ben, Paula and Scott for joining me today and obviously on the ski trip. So thank you guys. Absolute pleasure. And if you are listening and you've enjoyed this show, please do rate us on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on and do share it uh, with your friends and join us again for another episode soon. Bye.